Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 1. But just reading at verse 25 from the previous chapter, I think it makes more sense. Our Lord Jesus Christ was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. John 4 and verse 5. So Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks 
and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then, the disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards Jesus. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world.
This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words that we have just heard. And we pray that you would cause us to come alive to them uh, and shape us more and more into the image of your Son for your glory. Amen. Well, that Samaritan woman is probably as well-known now as she was in her own lifetime, although uh, people then probably would have said notorious uh, rather than well-known. And many have pointed out how she and Nicodemus, back in chapter 3, are, are deliberately contrasted by John as he writes his gospel. Nicodemus has a name. She doesn't. He is a well-respected member of society. She is certainly not. He comes at night. She in the middle of the day. But the contrasts that particularly struck me as I read this story once again were these. Nicodemus was looking for Jesus, but she was not. And yet, Nicodemus disappears from the story, disappointed, whereas she goes back and is overflowing with new life. She wasn't interested in Jesus. She had not heard of anything that he had done as Nicodemus had. All she wanted to do was get to the well, get some water, and avoid everybody. Those were her aims for the day. So you can imagine as she's leaving the town and making her way, the disappointment and perhaps fear as she realizes that someone else is at the well at this inhospitable time of the day. She couldn't turn back. She had to go and get water. So she had to keep going. And as she drew closer, maybe she realized that Jesus was, in fact, a Jewish man. Now, that could have been uh, fearful for her, but she may have been relieved. Well, at least he's not going to talk to me. Yes, okay, we'll get the usual hatred and disgust that Jews show to Samaritans, but what's different? That's my life, that's what I get every day, and that's why I'm here at midday. So at least, at least I can just get my water, avoid a conversation, and go back home. And then Jesus strikes up the conversation. And after the initial shock, she seems to alternate between being attracted by what he says and then avoidant of what he says. Why, why are you talking to me? Are you greater than Jacob? Or give me this water that will give me eternal life. She has good reason to want this water. Just imagine never having to come to that well again, always being able to avoid the people, to avoid the shame, to avoid the discomfort of the midday sun, even to avoid the grind of the work. 
this is turning out to be a very different day to what she expected. But instead of Jesus simply saying, well, okay, here you go, suddenly what she has been hoping to avoid all the time is exposed. Go, Jesus says, call your husband. Maybe now she's thinking, maybe I should have turned back when I saw that there was someone at the well. Maybe I should never have come today. I wasn't looking for this guy in the first place, and I'm not particularly keen to carry on this conversation now. So the attraction of receiving this water turns back again to avoiding. I have no husband. Perfectly true. Perfectly covering up a whole lot more truth. But Jesus doesn't let it go. He carries on exposing what she wants to hide. And he opens up all the the darkness and shame of her life and lays it out there in the midday sun. And she's astonished. Now her priorities are, well, get water, that's still at the top of the list, but but who is this man? You, You are a prophet. No one else could have told that about me. And suddenly, from being interested in the water that Jesus is talking about, she's suddenly interested in Jesus himself. Who is he? Despite all the cultural hostility between Jews and Samaritans, despite all the cultural expectations of men and women, and despite the fact that he really knows her, he is still talking to her. But would he go so far as to say, well, you also could join in worshiping God? She says, look, we we worship on this mountain. That's what we've always done. You Jews worship over in the temple, and you say that that's wrong. What do you say to that? And Jesus says, well, yes, that, that is wrong. But, he says... But, he says, that is all changing because anyone who worships God in spirit and in truth will be welcome to approach him in worship. And she says, well, well, yes, I, I know that the Messiah is coming and that will change everything. That, that kind of worship you're talking about could only be possible through the Messiah. And so having started her day hoping to avoid anyone and not looking for Jesus, right here at this point, she finds him. Jesus declares, I who speak to you am he. She did not want to find Jesus, and yet she does. And so... She leaves her water jar and runs back to the town. 
Everything that she had started her day wanting to do, get water, avoid people, has been completely thrown to pieces. She now doesn't have any water. She's left her jar behind. And she's had uh, a conversation with someone. And now she's going back to the town deliberately to meet people. Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? She wasn't looking for him, and she found him. She was actively trying to avoid him, and she was found by Christ. Do we ever avoid Christ? Do we ever fear approaching him, fearful of of what he might expose in our life? Do we come like Nicodemus did maybe under the cover of night with, with all our questions but not like this woman. So often when we try to avoid Christ, for whatever reason, for whatever shame, he finds us. He finds us when we perhaps least want him to. Maybe it's because we're coming not out of a desire to find him, but just out of necessity. Maybe we are doing something on a rotor. Maybe we know we've got to go and meet a friend at church on a particular day. Uh, And so we come because we have to. But we're not hoping to meet him. And yet so often he graciously finds us. And not only does he find us, but he fills us as he did this woman to overflowing with new life. I wonder, do we have friends who avoid Christ, who avoid every invitation that you have opened up to come to church, to every uh, offer to come to Easter services or to some kind of event, who, who seem like they are the least likely people ever to be found by Jesus Christ? Well, that is this woman, and she is transformed into the first evangelist, her whole town eager now to come and find this man. How have we come this morning? Seeking or avoiding? Wanting to be known or hoping to hide? Have we come full or have we come empty? Well, the promise made to this nameless woman and fulfilled in this nameless woman still stands for all of us. Whoever, Jesus says, drinks of the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So this morning, let us come again to Christ and drink. Amen.